Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not know you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. And I'm Jason Lindsay. And it's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's been a while. It's, 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 I don't know. It feels like more so than normal that any time we take any amount of time off, there is an avalanche of information. Yes. Well, they, they, the pop culture world plans it that way. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're, they're working around our travel schedule? They're getting wind of our schedule. Right. And they're going, those guys are too on it. They're, they're too, they, they have their finger too tightly on the pulse of what's going on. Their pants are down right now. Let's spank them as hard as we can. And that's, that's what they're doing every time we get busy. It feels a bit like that. Feels like a, a big old spanking. Uh, yeah, there's an awful lot going on. But we also, you know, the last episode went up, and you know, I listened to, to part of it, and I realized that 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 you know, however dated that thing is, like we're already like if we like if we miss a week, a week and a half, we're kind of behind. Yeah. There's just so much crap. So like two weeks, and you know, we're we're cavemen for crying out loud. <laughs> That's pretty much true. You know? So, um... Well, there's an episode seven coming? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, before, I guess before we even get into that, uh, welcome back. You've had some travels and uh, stuff going on. Did you have a nice uh, holiday? Did you have a nice memorial memorial weekend? Uh, I did, actually, yeah. So, the, the weekend before that, I actually uh, went out to Phoenix because our good friend and logo creator, Danny Newman, got married. Woohoo! Yeah, to his lovely bride Meg. Nice. Uh, and it was a it was a tremendous time. It was really great. Beautiful ceremony. Uh, I did a little uh, reading for them. Uh, you did as, as as part of the ceremony. Yeah. yeah. What'd you, so was, what'd you was, do? Um, what 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 what'd you do? Something from The Hobbit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, did the, I reenacted the last scene from uh, Return of the King. Yeah, it just went on and on. <laughs> yeah, Frodo and Sam, and then I sit down for a second. People think it'd be over. I get back yeah. up and do the next part. Looking and, at their watches, going, "Is he done with this? Oh, yeah, there's more. Yeah. There's more. There's a lot of that." <laughs> uh, actually, they asked me to read a poem called "Maybe," uh, who the author is unknown, but it's a very sweet, sweet poem oh, about you know young love and and all that and nice. and and how it is going forward and and is the moral maybe means maybe yeah no means no but maybe means maybe yeah that's right get, that was that was the essence i'll get of back it. to you yeah uh and it was was it a nice uh ceremony and it was great it was tremendous oh yeah, great beautiful beautiful uh time so yeah that was great and then last weekend uh which was memorial day weekend actually went to Iowa because my wife's family has a couple of new additions, a couple of babies. So we went back and visited uh, the ranch, uh, Rancho Del Zirkle, and saw all those guys. Oh, it was tremendous. Excellent. And how was the weather back there? Uh, weather was not bad at all, actually. There was there was one night where there was a, a great thunderstorm, uh-huh. you know, which we don't get too much of out here. Love the thunderstorms. 
but it kind of it kind of blew through and and left, and we were able to still have like a bonfire that night out on their property, and it was just great. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I like the. Um, that's one thing I, I, one of the main things I miss besides all the, you know, the food stuffs and the local stuff from the Twin Cities and everything is the, the thunderstorms. Yeah, you know, it's such a cool. You know that 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 cool breeze comes in when it's kind of muggy, and then all of a sudden the temperature changes, and the sky completely changes in thirty seconds, and boom, you get a torrential downpour in five minutes, and then it's over with. Yeah, but it's fun. And uh, a shout out to my uh, my nephew uh, Max, who is a listener of the show. Oh, how old is Max? Max, uh, he's about to turn sixteen. Oh, right on, Max. Thanks for listening, yeah. man. Yeah, appreciate your support. I'm sure there's. Plenty of better things to do at 16 than listen to a couple of clowns like us, but <laughs> that's certainly true. But we appreciate uh, we appreciate your time. How about you? Would you do anything for the big the big extra time on the weekend? Well, uh, my wife's sister got married. Oh, on Sunday, and uh, so so the weekend we just I forget what we did. We did some other stuff the weekend. I'm, I'm forgetting now because this weekend's already passed. But Sunday was the big, was the big uh, wedding thing, and uh, so so her sister Carol got married to a, a fine fine gentleman named Philip. And a few days later, this would be a little moral, uh, not moral, um, warning to you all. Uh, a few days later, he's out to dinner with my wife's parents and and his wife Carol, and uh, he talks about he's seeing that his his eye. He's got like a weird crescent sort of crescent moon thing when he's you know looking out one of his eyes. Oh yeah. And right away, uh, my mother-in-law. And I'm not sure I've ever used the phrase mother-in-law before, but my mother-in-law said, "We you got to get to the doctor right away." Like I think I know what this is. He tore his retina. Ooh. And he had surgery the other day, and you know it's he's recovering now, but literally just from rubbing his eyes. So warning to you all, if you're if you're an eye rubber, if you're out there getting up, or getting up in the morning and just doing the eye rub thing, don't yeah. do it. You can tear your retina and it could be permanent damage if, you know, the the procedure doesn't work properly. So got married, they were supposed to go away for a big San Francisco uh, weekend this weekend and he is uh wearing an eye patch and keeping his head down trying to trying to heal himself with this thing. So, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. How that took an ugly turn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll tell you what I did do last week, which was, which was wacky. I'm not sure I, I, I mentioned this to you yet. Um, and this, this will go back. This is, we're totally off track here, but this will, uh, it'll all tie in. Trust me. Don't we always make a tie together? So I'll make a tie together. I get a text on, uh, last Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, from my my good pal Daniel Soyseth. <clears throat> I've known Daniel. Daniel Soyseth. Daniel Soyseth. I've known Daniel since um, college, uh, college days. I won't tell you how just how long ago that was, but um, known him for a very long time. He moved out to L.A. before I did. I came out like an, a year and a half later, and he's been a, a good friend for a long time, and um, <clears throat> lots of stories with Daniel. But I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he sent me this text, and he said, a friend of mine has tickets for the Hollywood Bowl for Billy Joel. Uh, Thursday night, are you available? You're the first person I thought of. And what he doesn't realize or didn't realize at the time was way back in 1990, I uh, had an emergency uh, situation 
<laughs> medically emergency situation. And uh, I had what is called a burst Meckel's diverticulum. It's kind of Whoa. your appendix bursting. Uh, very similar, but I, I nearly died. So like when I'm, when I'm down at the emergency room, they're bringing in the forms saying, we need you to sign this thing. And I'm going, <clears throat> no, I have somewhere to be tonight. Um, I gotta, I'm going to the Billy Joel concert. So uh, this is way back, you know, 1990. And, I, and I'm really thinking I'm going to get out of there. And then I remember the nurse coming back and saying, no, Jason, you don't understand. We need you to sign this because you're going to die if we don't get in there and figure out, oh, well, if you put it that way, of course, so give me the form. I'll sign it in triplicate. Um, and, and, I'll, and that way I'll only miss the opening act. Like I've never been – never, I've never been a Billy Joel – I mean, I, you know, I like him just fine, but I don't even have any Billy Joel stuff. But it, it's become one of those things where it's like – Got to see him before you die, like, you know, Springsteen or whoever. Like, I finally saw Rush a couple years ago, you know. And it was the second time that I had tickets for him. The first time was 86. For some reason, I couldn't go. Now this time, I go in the hospital. And I'm in the hospital for six weeks. You know, I go in for this thing, and I'm in there for six weeks. Um, but at the time, I had the tickets for this concert that Monday night or whatever it was. I'm going to school at University of Minnesota with Daniel Soyseth. We're in an acting class together, and I don't show up the next day. And, of course, eventually the word gets around, you know, I'm not coming in, I'm, you know, like whatever. He gets stuck with my acting partner in this acting class, who he says was terrible, and it lowered his GPA. And to this day, <laughs> to this day, he holds it against me for going in the hospital for six weeks that, that he had to get stuck with this person. So all these years later, he sends me a text. And says, I got tickets for Billy Joel Thursday night. I said, you have no idea how ironic this is that, that we're finally going to do this. And he, he didn't know that that was the story. And we went Thursday night. And we had a wonderful time. I hadn't seen him in ages. And it was an absolutely amazing concert. This guy, hmm. 65 years old, man, did he. And the thing is, like, you're, you're sitting there watching it going, Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah, he did this one. Like every single song yeah. was, you know, it was a two and a half hour show and every single song was some kind of massive hit for this guy. And yeah, I saw him about six years ago at Staples. It, it, it was just like and everything. I mean, when you're done, you kind of go, I wish he'd played whatever, but he still played 80 other friggin songs. But to even make it better, these seats were. Have you ever had a box at the Hollywood Bowl? Uh, once, yes. I've never been, I've been close. I've had good seats at the Hollywood Bowl, but yeah. this was like, this is never going to happen again. These were like, these must've been like $500 tickets. I mean, we could, I could have just grabbed a rock and thrown it and hit Billy Joel from where we were sitting in this, in this box. It was literally like, by the way, they discourage that at the Hollywood they Bowl. They do. Don't do that if you're, if you're thinking about going to the bowl. Um, yeah. so it was just, it was, that made it even even better. And it was, it was a great, great show. By the time he came out and did uh, Still Rock and Roll to me, you know, he's flipping around the mic stand and he's jumping around and dancing and shit. It was really good. But it also made me feel pretty old because he said at one point he, was, he did, you know, um, Moving Out, you know, the song Moving mm -hmm. Out, um, Anthony's song, whatever it's called. Yep. Yep. And he goes, and this single came out in 1978. Or 77 or something. And I just went, oh, my God. I had this as a seven-inch single. I was eight years old playing this on my little record player, you know, in, 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 you know where I grew up. And yep. uh, I went, man, that's it's been a long time. 
long time. But that was a great, great thing to happen last week. But again, it's been a long time since anyone's owned a seven inch single. Yes, exactly. Uh, but again, everyone, you know, look after yourselves, you know, check yourselves out all the time, not in the mirror, but, you know, medically. And, uh, you know, don't put things off. That's all I got to say. Were you were you nervous going to the show that yeah. night that something medically might happen again? It's funny you say it because myself, Daniel, and then his buddy, and then that guy's buddy, uh, Daniel had never seen Billy Joel, but the other two guys, they both had stories of not once but twice missing Billy Joel concerts for various emergencies or reasons. You know, a car broke down, you know, somebody died, you know, whatever, like – and and so by the time the you know, curtain's about to go go up, you know we're sitting here going, boy, we you know we should just wait. If five songs in, we should just leave because terrible <laughs> is going to happen. Um, but it was like that. It was like, oh man, we're gonna we're gonna this is gonna happen, right? You know, um, and it, you know it was great. It was a, it was a great show. So I'm glad we got to do it. So I'm publicly acknowledging my good pal Daniel Soy said thank you so much uh, for that ticket. And a wonderful, wonderful uh, concert. It was, it was very cool. And 24 years putting a nail in that coffin, so to speak. Nice. Um, but we've got a million other things to talk about, uh, starting with what you're excited about, as we always do. So what are you excited about this week? Well, by the time this goes up, the following week will be E3 which I'm very excited about. Yes. I always enjoy going there and seeing all the all the new goodies and getting my hands on stuff and having a look around. And we know how much you like getting your hands on stuff. I do, I do. <laughs> uh, you know, excited about seeing that, you know, j- they just announced a new Lego uh, DC game that I'm sure they'll be showing. Like of course, Lego the... Game? Well, didn't, the, didn't one just come out that's from the movie, right? Well, there was a Lego Marvel game that came out. No, wasn't there a, the Lego movie game, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is, wait, you're saying this is a, a new one of those? or This or this is this is DC. This is oh, Lego sorry, Batman 3. DC, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I thought you said Lego movie. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Arkham Knight, of course, uh, looks like it's going to be fantastic. I'm hoping to get to play the demo of that. All right. Uh, you know, there's still like that Mad Max game that we saw last year has never come out. Oh, so I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing more about that. Uh, and just, you know, what all what all there is and catching up with the with the folks and the friends in the industry and all that. Those those sorts of things are always fun for that. And where is this uh, such a thing held? That will be uh, downtown at the L.A. Convention Center. Nice. Uh, yeah. You've been to that loads of times, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the I show itself. Yes. Um and it's also that that weekend, uh, which is Father's Day weekend, it's also my 25th high school reunion. Oh, are you going to try to do that as well? Nope. Nope. Is that something you – I personally have never been to a high school reunion. And it's, no, it's nothing personal. It's, it's, I just don't have it in me to, to go back. To, I mean, to, I'm, not a, I'm nostalgic for stuff. I, I, historic, you know, I get nostalgic on things. But, but – that kind of thing, it's never been in my genes. Is that something that you have you done that before? Have you? Uh, I went to I went to my tenth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And how? And you know, I wouldn't mind going, but uh, you know, it's just it's not in the cards right now. I'm I'm I think I back in high school uh, I designed a couple of T-shirts. Like I designed our senior T-shirt. I designed the like the phone book cover a couple of times. So I, I am doing a design for the T-shirt for this. Oh well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'll be there. I'll be there in spirit. That's fun. So you you kind of keep in touch with the the school. Yeah, yeah. Were you a big 
like theater guy in in high school as well? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Uh huh. And um, what what are some of the <clears throat> some of the productions that you uh, you did? Actually, through the school or while I was in high school? While you were in high school. Uh, boy, I, I mean, while I was in high school, I did a because I was in a, uh, an outside theater group uh, also. So you know, we did Grease and Little Shop of Horrors and uh, she was probably sixty shows. Oh, Calcutta. Uh, we did not do Oh Calcutta. Oh. I, I did Godspell several times. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. I think I've done Godspell six times. How come I've life. never heard you sing? Because I, I, you know, I boast about the fact I can sing. You have. But I've, we we sang together at your birthday that the karaoke birthday. We what did we sing? I'm sure it was a Beatles song. We must have. Well, yeah, you. Yeah. Cause I, but I remember. Oh, I remember you did sing something. Because I remember asking you what you were going to pick from the from the book. Yeah. And you. That was a long time ago. I don't even remember which birthday that, that was. That was a long time ago. But you picked. I remember you said nothing but Streisand all night. So you, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. said, Are you sure you want to go with Streisand all? Night? He said nothing but Streisand. Papa, can you hear me? You were, and I said, Well, you've already got the frock on. Right. You might, you might as well go all the way and sing the songs. Um, oh, well, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, did a lot of Neil Simon, God's Favorite, Prisoner of Second Avenue, uh, Star Spangled Girl. I really love the old Neil Simon stuff. Okay. God, for, I'm sitting here going, I lost it because I thought you were still talking about singing, like karaoke. And I'm like, <laughs> you mean no. Neil Diamond? Like, what did you mean? No, no. Okay. Neil Simon, no. old show yes. we were talking about in high school. Yes, yes, yes. Got it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Very nice. Oh, and, and then I did a show called A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine, which uh, A Day in Hollywood was the first act, which was an old Hollywood music review. And then A Night in the Ukraine was What If the Marx Brothers Appeared in Chekhov's The Bear. Okay. Yeah, that was super fun. Wow. That, that, that's where I developed my love of the Marx Brothers is because I was Groucho in that. Oh, now, see, I didn't know so, you were a Marx so, Brothers fan. I love the Marx Brothers. Well, that's why all my screen names are Julius Marx. That's Groucho's real name. I thought it had to do with Marx toys. No. Um, yeah, I know. I love. Um, but see, are you? Are you a? Uh, some people, some not as a rule, but like people that tend to be in the Marx Brothers, they they tend to. There's a crossover like Dick Cavett, you know, Woody Allen stuff. Are you a Woody Allen fan as well? Uh, I I wasn't growing up, but I've become more so. Okay. I've been trying to kind of catch up on that. Okay. Yeah, the I've got a great four disc set, but it's it's region two. Dude. But it's like, uh, you know, the the cla- like like it might be not at the opera day at the races, but it's my favorite is duck soup. It's like duck soup, the coconut, oh, yeah. coconuts, um, one of, it's it's something else. But duck soup to me is like one of the greatest things ever made. Like it's just yeah yeah just 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 the sheer absurdity. And that it's as old as it is, and it's completely bonkers. <laughs> like, it's just mental. I mean, I love nothing more. Than, the great thing that they always did was just the notion, of, and not in an asshole, you know, Adam Sandler kind of way, but, like, the notion of these guys coming into a stuffy setting and completely turning it upside down. Yeah. It, it's, you know, is brilliant. They did it. They were so far ahead of their so time. So far ahead. And the verbal wordplay and... And uh, they say Chico was the, was a bit of a genius. He had a I think he had a very severe gambling problem. Uh, severe. Chico, yes. And he was he was also like a real hit with the ladies. Yes, but he was. Groucho always said he was like a genius. Like 
they were all very bright, but but Chico, that he said, was the was the genius. Well, Harpo, if you've ever got to read his autobiography, Harpo Speaks, uh, you, you know, will not be able to put it down. I did the well, Groucho. I did Groucho stuff. He had a couple of books, right? He, he wrote a lot of yeah, books. I, yeah, I read that stuff way back. And I'm not sure I ever read the Harpo book. So Harpo was actually like part of the Algonquin Round Table. Uh, there was a time where the Marx Brothers were smuggling information between companies for the U.S. government. I mean, it's preposterous. <laughs> the the situations they found them in. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to. I'll have to it up. is fascinating. It's an absolute page turner. It's maybe the, one of my favorite biography I've ever read in my life. I'll have to. I'll have to pick that up. And you know, it's it's funny because that was we always talk about them, but like the exposure for people was just kind of what they saw. And so you know, he spent his life people thinking that he was he was mute. Right. Yeah. You know, then no one ever heard him speak. Yeah. So they they really thought that and that Chico was Italian and you know. You know the whole nine yards, but they they were uh, they were they were brilliant. We could do a whole episode on the the Marx Brothers. Maybe we will. Sold. I'll do it. Perfect. All right. Now, what are you excited about? Well, I'm, now that we're a half hour in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Um, one of my musical heroes, uh, Paul Weller, who we've talked about, I've talked about many times. Um, founder, you know, songwriter of the Jam, the Style Council, and now, you know, a 25 year solo career. Um, he has a new greatest hits coming out uh, any day now, actually. It's called More Modern Classics. Back in the late 90s, he put a greatest hits out called Modern Classics. Um, and this one is called More Modern Classics. And, you know, he's one of these guys, that, you know, he's, he's literally had three careers. He had, you know, when he was 16, 17 with the jam, you know, split him up when he was 22 at the height of their their powers. They never did much. None of his stuff ever did much in the U.S., but in the U.K., he's you know an icon. Um, he split them up when he was 22. Never looked back. Never reformed the jam. Then he formed the Style Council, which you know brought in a lot more jazz and soul. And it was he just he's always turning. You know he's he's he's, he's a risk taker. And he's you know he's in his mid 50s now, and he's the only guy from what they call the class of 77. You know the whole punk scene 76, 77. That's mm-hmm. still relevant and still trying to do different things or like, you know, his albums are, you know, go to number one and they get five star reviews and stuff. And he's trying different things. And anyway, if if you know, if you heard me talk about him before, if you're a casual you know, fan, if you heard me talk about the small faces and the whole mod thing that I love from the 60s. You know, Weller embodies that he did, you know, in the ethic, you know, the the the, the whole essence of mod, you know clean living through difficult circumstances, you know, all the musical influences, the fashion, you know, the way he sort of, you know, <clears throat> maintains his, himself. Uh, it's, it's all there in, in all of his stuff. If you're curious about any of it, I would recommend, you know, a, a greatest hits by the jam. You can't go wrong with like a singles collection for the style council, but his solo stuff, um, both these hits records, this new one coming out, I can't recommend it enough because it's the latter half of it is really you know, his last four or five records are just, they get better and better and better. And it's its hard to say that with anyone that's been around as long as he has. Uh, it's also got a couple of um, new tracks. One is called Flame Out. It's great rocking sort of tune. The other one's called Brand New Toy. If you go to Amazon to order the disc, there's a video for Brand New Toy. And if, if you listen to that for three and a half minutes and you dig it, you'll dig his stuff. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I've ordered, of course, the three disc 
set of more modern classics, which has like a bunch of extra tracks and, you know, live cuts and stuff like that. But um, he's just one of my heroes. I, I love him to death. And uh, uh, if you're curious at all, I recommend picking up this, this hits disc. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> now, having said that, we got a lot of stuff to cover. So maybe yes. we give 45 seconds to each one of these things, two minutes each one, maybe. See if we can get through everything. Um, All right. Let's let's start with um, you and I at, at this stage still haven't seen Gojira. No, that's correct. Still haven't seen it. I don't know why that is. I mean, I'm I really want to see it. I just it hasn't kept me up at night. I don't know what why that is, but I I'm gonna see it. Um, yeah. But we did see. You know what it is? I think this is part of it. Um, you know how we when we had Alex on, we were giving him a hard time. Where it was like. He's like, well, you guys go see it opening weekend. I can wait two weeks. Like, well, you're not on the Internet. Right. You, know, yeah. we, you wake up and you hit, you know, the computer and it's like everything is out there. With Godzilla, I've avoided information, but not a big mystery what this movie's about. Right. Yeah. Okay. We've been there. We kind of know where we're going. And it's not, it's not like, you know, the whatever, the 89 movie where they were trying to keep the lizard secret for so long. Right. Like, what does he look like? No, we've seen him. We got, you know, the the toys are out. We're all ready. Yes, we we kind of know he's going to get up to no good. He's going to get up to some yeah. some mischief. That that Godzilla. Um, but something like X Men: Days of Future Past, I can't wait like three weeks to see that because if there's any hope of any, you know, tidbits in there to surprise me, I got to see it right away. Right. You know, so I saw it opening weekend. We saw it, uh, la- that's what we did. So, we, so it came out on Friday, last Friday, or no, a week ago Friday. We saw it the Saturday okay. uh, that it came out. Did, and you see it, you saw it that same weekend? No, we actually ended up seeing it Wednesday. Okay. So, so. are we safe to kind of talk a bit about it? I think so, yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's a warning to everyone. We're going to talk about on the off chance you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled, right. then, you know, skip ahead about four or five minutes. Yeah, and, and we're always pretty good about not being too spoilery. Um, but overall, right. what did you think? Did you like it? Uh, I did like it. And, and, you know, I've talked about it before uh, on this show. I'm not a fan of Brian Singer's X-Men films. No, you're not. Uh, I have not enjoyed – I didn't really dig the first three. Uh, didn't enjoy – you know, he didn't do Wolverine Origins, but didn't really dig that. I did really like – X-Men First Class. Okay. So that's why I was the most hopeful for this. Uh, I think the casting of James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender is probably the best thing to ever happen to this franchise. Okay. They are phenomenal, I feel like. Not Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? No, he's great. I mean, that's one of the greatest comic book castings in the history, I think. Yeah, he is is very good. Yeah, Yeah. he is very enjoyable. I agree with you. But okay, so so you're already in the camp that you're probably going to like it going into it because you, you already like what, what's been done. Well, probably, but it, again, it was a, you know, a, a singer film. So right. I was, I was going in a little bit like, no, hope we didn't mess this up. Right. I no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, I really want to see it again, actually, because, um, I thought it was, you know, very, it was, you know, look, there's plot holes in any of these superhero movies. If you really want to get to it. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty smart. And see, I, I've said this a million times already. I, I do not think X Men Three is a disaster by any means. I do not think it's very good, but I also think it's got some good stuff in it. It's clearly a rush job, and there's 
there's another movie out there that you know has more stuff in it or is better. Um, I like the second one a lot. I like the first one. I think they they pulled off an amazing trick to to do what they did with these movies to get even though this was a huge comic book, you know, for your average Joe, these characters weren't household names. So I, I think gone right. over this. They did it. I think they did a great job with that stuff. Um, but it was, and again, to to be able to combine these two casts, yes, yeah, in this day and age, again, golden age of geekdom. Absolutely, you know. I, absolutely, and. And um, they, they, you know, see, I don't, I don't want to say too, it's like they, you know, one of the things I enjoyed the most about uh, the new Star Trek, the first of the new Star Treks, uh, the Abrams Star Trek, mm-hmm. is, I know it's, it's been said to death, but just the conceit, just the, the reboot, just the way they were able to do two timelines and say, no, 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 no. If anybody go, well, wait a second, you know, uh, McCoy did this and fuck it. You can go, no, no, that shit's still there. That, yeah. Don't worry. That's fine. But this is a what if, and, and this, is a, these are, this is a different time. I mean, it's a really smart thing to do and shuts everybody up. So yeah. I think that anybody out there that's like, well, the stuff in X-Men 3 or this and that, you know, there's a really smart way that they've – I mean, that to me was the, just about the best part of the whole movie was the wrap-up, you know? Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? The the, the, yep. the, the coda, coda, as it were? Yeah, the end cap, coda thing. Yep. Um, that I thought was very smart and very just, whoa, that was cool. Uh, I, I For me, I thought the most interesting thing, and I knew a little bit just because I had seen, you know, people talking about it on the Internet before I got to see uh, it, but the universal sort of lashing out when the costume of Quicksilver was revealed on that magazine cover. And then, you know, there was that ridiculous Carl's Jr. commercial and everyone was just hating that character. Yeah. And he is hands down one of the brightest moments in that film. Oh, absolutely. And I would hate to be the kick-ass kid uh, in Avengers at this point, Avengers 2, trying to do that character because they made it, a, a real concerted effort to go, you know what? We're going to knock it out of the park. With and they this. really did. And they, I mean, and here, they did. They also gave him the best set piece in the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole sequence was like the, that whole sequence to me was like the nightcrawler sequence in X-Men two. Right. The way yeah. they, the way they, they, they played that out. Um, someone said something they, because isn't he, he's wearing like headphones, like a Walkman sort of thing. Yes. And somebody was like, Oh, that's, that's bullshit. Uh, time-wise, you know, the Walkman wasn't big till the early 80s kind of thing. Well, the Walkman didn't exist then, and the, the song he was listening to didn't come out till 77 also. Well, there's that, that see, that's funny, because that, that got me more. That's what I was yeah. like, yeah, that did, I don't think that's the right time frame for that tune. But the, but the Walkman, it, actually, they did do the research, and there was such a thing. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like a mass-marketed thing, and there was a guy that that did the design that I think Sony or someone ended up swiping the design and then, you know, made a fortune and he sued them or whatever. But something like that did exist, like a primitive version of the Walkman uh, right. the cassette thing did exist at the time. So it, that, that could have worked. But you're right. And he oh. could certainly have, you know, with all the other stuff he stole, yes. he could have gone in and taken exactly. any, any number of prototypes of things. Uh, I did expect, I kind of thought Wolverine was going to be more prominent uh, he was prominent, but I kind of thought that because 
you know, the reason, I mean, if they've already, and that's the other thing. Uh, when you look at something like Superman Returns, you know, you're really, if you're going to reset with Man of Steel, you really have to say everything that happened in that movie, just forget it. it yeah. just, now, it's one thing to do, like, here is the, the Tim Burton Batman universe. Here is the Christopher Nolan Batman universe. Now we're going to start over, so we don't really have to comment on that shit because we did our universe and we're done. If you do it as one film, you know, it's you really have to either acknowledge or or just ignore it completely, and that's clearly what they did with with Superman. So yeah. with X Men Three, it's like every, everyone bad tears that movie apart. I don't understand. There's far worse shit that's been made out there. Um, but it's like acknowledge it. This thing was made, and choices were made in this film, and they chose to acknowledge it, and you know acknowledge it story wise or changes, you know, or whatever else. And so within that, they introduce Ellen Page as Kitty Pride. Yep. So in the original story, had you, you know, she would have been an embryo, you know, to, to, to go back and forth in time like this. It was very smart to, to have, you know, Wolverine do it. Having said that, I thought he was going to be, again, I don't want to give too much away, but I really thought he was going to be the be-all and end-all of like he pretty much has been in the other X-Men movies. Uh-huh. Um, so it was interesting that it didn't quite pan out the way that I thought it, it might. He did, you know, he does do some things, but I guess I thought he was going to be a little more prominent because he's kind of everywhere with the, with the stuff. Speaking of X-Men. Hold on, well, I, I really wanted them to, they did some cool, you know, sort of acknowledgements of the comic, but for some reason I was really hoping they would do some sort of throwback to that famous cover of Wolverine in his jacket so in front of that wall yeah. of pictures and stuff. I was hoping we were, we were going to see that. Uh, but I thought it was neat. If you stayed and watched the credits, uh, the senators that were debating the whole trash yeah. project, like one of them was Len Wein and one was Chris Claremont. Claremont. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I thought that was dynamite. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, so you were saying, speaking well, of speaking X-Men, of X-Men <laughs> this, is, this is either incredibly nerdy or incredibly pathetic or possibly both, uh, depending on your point of view. Hostess has had a tie-in with X-Men Days of Future Past yes. on, across all their products. But the thing that's unique that they put out are special uh, pink-centered strawberry Twinkies with this pink center filling and yes. a blueberry or blue raspberry or blue something, blue blue frosting filling Twinkie thing. I have searched high and low all over the city of Los Angeles for these damn Twinkies in every supermarket imaginable, every, every bodega, right. 7-Eleven, you name it. I have not been able to find them. This could be a regional thing, but have you found them? Do they exist? Uh, I have not actually even looked for them, but I, I, I've just seen pictures of them on the internet, like people having them. I literally want to open the box, take a bite, and be done with it. I just want to have a bite to know what these Twinkies taste like. Uh, but they're nowhere to be found in Los Angeles. Maybe tell us if you found them anyplace else in the, in the country, because they ain't out here, I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll be looking too, then, because I, I, I did not know that they were so hard to come by. Nothing. Um, all right, so there's, there's, there's some Marvel news. Um, 
Last time we talked about uh, Transformers, and I made the Transformer sound. Yes. Um, we talked about some toys that are out, a few things that I picked up. Well, I found a couple of the toys. I bought two of these things, and they've changed my life. There are some little Transformers out there that are like instant change Transformers. You must know oh, about yeah. these. Yeah, yeah. They announced it right before Toy Fair, and I, I was crowing about them after Toy Fair. I thought they were so brilliant. This has changed my life. I got this one called uh, Drift. Yes. I, I can't He's stop. A main character in the film. I can't stop opening and closing this, this toy. And, and it, you know, some of them on the back says, you know, get from here to here in 13 steps. Get from here to yeah. here in eight steps. This is nothing. One swift move, you've transformed your car into a robot. Well, I think that's how they should all be because it's too complicated to change these things back and forth. I don't have the time. Too difficult. This is, this is like yeah. the, to me, this is like the squeezable ketchup bottle. Why did, it take, right. why did it take so long for that damn squeezable ketchup bottle? We've been pounding the glass one for years. Finally, someone said, let's make a squeezable one. What? Same thing with the Transformers. It's about Someone get him out of here. It's about damn time. So I'm loving those. Uh, also picked up, um, we've got to talk about these, the new three and three quarter, four inch Mattel DC Universe, Michael Keaton Batman, and uh, Terrence Stamp General Zod figures are out. Now you like uh, Penguin is out too, and Unmasked Keaton is out. Yes. Now you didn't you didn't really care for these, right? Uh, no. I, I mean, I, what I didn't care for is I found them at Toys R Us, and they're fifteen dollars at Toys R Us, yeah. which I think is highway robbery. That's kind of messed so, up. But it, you're better so I picked them up to shoot them for the site, uh, and then I'm going to return them. I actually just found another Batman uh, at. Target for ten bucks. But you didn't, so I but I because you mentioned so I saw something you you were, well you can you can tell me whether you like them or not. I think they're great. I think they're, I think back to this golden age of geekdom. We don't have to take everything that gets thrown on our plate and love it. If it's done wrong or we don't dig it, we're entitled to our opinions, and everyone's entitled to their opinion about these particular action figures. For me, it's like unless they're getting them horribly wrong, which I think is far from the case um i'm loving these because it's like we're, we're finally getting these figures that we never got before and, it, yeah. and if, if they work then we're going to get superman and gene hackman and everybody else uh that we've been missing for all these years and i think the keaton batman figure is great uh i think it's is it perfect no of course not but it's a fun little figure and it it looks like that batman to me and I would have killed to have it back in, in 89. And um, I love the cape, the kind of leather look of the cape, the feel of the cape, and the little, you know, spear gun and, and that. And, and, you know, I got a little, little miniature Terrence Stamp on my shelf. He's one of my favorite actors. Like, come on. Uh, so the, the one thing I wish they had done with the Keaton Batman is I wish they had not made it where you can turn his head. I wish the... The cowl piece had been all one piece like the costume was. Because with the head being able to turn, it looks like the it looks like the Christian Bale Batman. It doesn't look like the Keaton Batman. Uh, I see I don't because I got them on the shelf side by side and I think they're pretty they're pretty distinctive. But uh I I just think it's a, a ton of fun and I wish they would do Keaton in a just a suit and Michelle Pfeiffer in a, in a secretary outfit, and then an account. I want them all. I'd love to have all that stuff. Um, so I hope, I hope people um, respond to them, and they, 
they they do well. Um, so I've seen a couple of pictures of the unmasked Batman, the Keaton Batman, and every one of them has the worst paint job on the eyes. That it just looks like no one was paying attention. One eye is like. I don't know, a good centimeter lower than the other, and you can see it's not even painted where the eye is sculpted to be. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's, oh. that's been pretty disappointing. I'm, I'm hoping that was early in the run and later that will have been fixed. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I, I, it's like those Indiana Jones figures that, that Hasbro put out. It's like, that, you know, they got better as they went along. There were still some tweaks that should have been done, but for me it was kind of like, God, we're getting an Indiana Jones toy line, which clearly nobody cared about because none of it did well. It was right. like people were like, "No, shut up, we got it," and nobody cared. Um, I was, you know, it was they weren't perfect by any means, but it was kind of cool to get all those characters that that we never got, and you know that was notorious for not having terrific uh, uh, paint jobs. But I don't, <laughs> yes. I don't get as hung up on that. I just kind of like, you know, it's for me, it's kind of like if it works. It works. Uh, speaking of Indiana Jones, because uh, we didn't record last weekend, we should acknowledge 30 years since Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, yep. which is hard to take in. Uh, do you recall where you... And, th- and then isn't it 25 years since Last Crusade then? Uh, is it? Tw- I thought I saw that too. Because 25 was 89, right? Is that 25? Yeah. Because my twenty fifth anniversary, my twenty oh, fifth yeah. uh, high school is coming okay, yeah, up. So it is. It's twenty five years for. Jeez. Well, let's Temple yeah. of Doom. Was that? Because Temple of Doom is signi- more significant to me. I like you know Last Crusade. I you know I love a lot of it, but Temple of Doom was really a hugely anticipated sequel and was actually a prequel. But as far as you know that we were concerned, it was another Indiana Jones movie. Um, but I also think it's it's such a radical movie. Um, and, and radical in so many ways, in the, the marketing, the merchandise, everything about that was a complete turnaround, you know, from Raiders, basically. Um, but do you remember where you were when you saw it the first time, or when you saw it, or what you thought I, when you saw it? I don't actually have that strong a connection to that one. I mean, I, I certainly remember for Raiders the first and second time I saw mm-hmm. it, you know, vividly. Uh, first time my dad took me, second time was uh, Eric Stubbing's birthday party. Eric Stubbing. Eric Stubbings, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I know I saw it, and I know I saw it in the theater, but I don't have, like, a real visceral uh, recall of that, actually. Okay, because that, to me, was, like, that was a big summer. The summer of 84 was Temple of Doom, Ghostbusters, uh, Gremlins, yep. Star Trek Three, um, Porky's 2 the next day. No, that was 83. Um... <laughs> By the time you got to Christmas, it was Dune. Like that was a big, that was a big uh, summer, you know, on holiday season of of big, you know, movies. But you know, we say big now. It's like there's 72 movies coming out between May and you know August. Back then, it was like six big movies for the whole summer that you had to go and see. Um, I saw it. I think the Friday night that it came out, opening weekend. Okay. Um, with my dad because we saw Raiders together. Um, and I remember just – I remember liking it but kind of having a headache by the end of it because it was so I, – I even got the sense then at like 13 that it was trying really hard to top everything that had been in the first movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like you watch it and it's like 
it, it just it's it's not it doesn't it never lets up. It's just non you know nonstop. Um, right, right. But I remember also looking around for for toys and and any kind of merchandise and like not being able to find anything. Remember LJN did three figures when it came yep, out. Yep. But yep. I think I saw them at Target once. I think I picked up an Indiana Jones. I mean, it, they were, this stuff was hard to find. There was not a lot of stuff out there for some reason for this thing. But um, there was a great interview with Frank Frank Marshall on um, Ain't It Cool News, uh, just talking about the ins and outs of that movie and uh, all the crap that they went through. Hard to believe it's been 30 years, but by God, it has. Yeah. Um, so Star Wars Disney, are you picking any of this Disney stuff up? We talked about it last episode. I ended up picking up the Han Solo and Stormtrooper figures. Have you picked anything up? I haven't picked any of that stuff up quite yet. I but I haven't been to like a Disney store. so It's really, really nice. I've liked what I've seen, you know, for the people that have been posting stuff. Yeah, but. they're really nice. And for the price point, for the sculpting, just the care, you know, the... The Han Solo, like, you know, the, the, his hair is a separate piece from the face, and the vest is, you know, a separate piece of, you know, rubber plastic kind of thing, and, you know, the, the sound effect, the, the, the voice chip, all that stuff is first class. Um, and they're fun because they're like an in-between, you know, uh, you know, sideshow hot toys kind of thing. If you just want a – the Stormtrooper's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, just a nice, you know, 13-inch figure, you know, on the shelf kind of thing. They're, they're really nice. Um, and they're, they, you know, they're toys. At the end of the day, kids will love these things, too. They're freaking, they're toys, you know? Right, right. Um, so th- those I thought were cool. A um, couple of deaths that we should talk about. Um, to me, loom large in the geek community for different reasons, but we lost a couple of people. Yeah. Um, H.R. Giger, uh, who I'm, I'm guessing most listeners know who that is, don't you think? I would think so, yeah. Uh, but just in case, do you want to mention? Yeah, he, he's um, he's a crazy Swiss uh, surrealist artist. That um, uh, what was his what was his big book Necronomicon or Necronoma something? The uh, yeah. tension of Ridley Scott, his his artwork. Way back in seventy seven, seventy eight, uh, pre production for Alien, what what became Alien, and he is best known for designing the the Alien. You know his designs. You know that that Xenomorph, all you know, were been modified over the years, but essentially the essence, ninety nine percent of it, was H R Giger's design. Mm-hmm. Um, very strange uh, man, and his art was very, very phallic, very sexual, very weird. Um, but you know, beautiful stuff at the same time. Uh, and uh, I don't know, were you ever on one of the panels with Gene St. Gene or Randy when they told the story about when Gene had to go and stay the week with him when McFarlane was doing that stuff? I don't know. That sounds familiar, but oh, it's one of my favorite stories ever. What, what happened? <laughs> so Gene had to go because McFarlane uh, did a deal. They were going to do like these wall-mounted uh, sort of 3D sculptures of some of his art. And so they sent Gene, uh, I think it was for about a week or a weekend or something, to his castle. And <laughs> they, that alone right there, to his castle. Yeah. yeah. But it was, he had like a little, a little train that ran through the place that he drove on, like silver spoons. <laughs> and he made Gene sleep in the hayloft of the barn. What? Yeah. And 
I guess in every single room in this giant castle, there was some sort of strange picture of his of uh, of Giger's dead girlfriend. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, that's odd. Yeah, it was a. Re- <laughs> it's a real weird story, and you know, if you if you run into Gene, you have to have him tell okay. it. Okay. Huh? If I could, I would just make a panel at Comic Con every year. That's just me and Gene and making him tell that, tell story. that story. Well, Giger is yeah. a you know. Uh, if you have any of the DVDs or you rent any of the stuff for Alien, I mean, he's in those documentaries. He's a he's a strange cat, but you kind of have to be to to have this stuff come out of your brain. Uh, yeah, but it's such an iconic design. It's just like um, you know Anton first with that that Batmobile, the Tim Burton. I don't think it's been bettered. You know, any of the stuff that we've seen, whatever you think of the Burton stuff, that Batmobile design, you know, is just. <clears throat> Awesome, yeah. um, and the alien is just so. It's we've seen it so many times, so many different ways. But that you know, Giger, he responds. He did species, didn't he? Do species? He did do species. Yeah, and he did. There was something else he did that was pretty prominent. I thought. Well, they even give him an acknowledgement. Really, Scott did in Prometheus. Oh sure. Uh, lots of unused stuff from way back that Scott went back to and kind of used in Prometheus. Um, and the other, the other one that it means a lot to me. Certainly, um, and I'm sure to a lot of people, is Bob Hoskins. Uh, Bob Hoskins was one of my favorite actors for a long time. Um, he, he stopped working. You know, he'd, he'd stopped being the the guy I thought he was way back, you know, ten years ago maybe. But like back in, uh, you know, the the mid '80s, um, I couldn't get enough of this guy. And then of course when he eventually got um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, yep. the world kind of knew how how great he was. But um, there, there are a couple of movies, uh, if anybody is, is curious about Bob Hoskins or thinks that Bob Hoskins is just the guy that showed up in you know, Snow White and the Huntsman as a, as a dwarf. Um, <laughs> he, he, Michael Caine, he and Michael Caine always said they, there, were, there were three of the greatest uh, British gangster films ever made were, were those guys. One was was Michael Caine on his own, a film called Get Carter, 1971. Brilliant, brilliant movie. One of the best things, probably the best thing Caine ever did. He's just a, just goes around killing everyone. Uh, With Sylvester Stallone? Well, Sylvester Stallone remade it in uh, early 2000s, and Caine was in it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Caine, Michael Caine has probably had more of his movies remade than any actor. Uh, uh, The Italian Job. Get Carter, Alfie, Sleuth, and blame it on Rio. No, no one's what. But he's had four or five of his movies remade. Um, the the second one was one that Hoskins did on his own called The Long Good Friday. The Long Good Friday, 1980. Bob Hoskins, Helen Mirren, a young Helen Mirren. Um, if anybody knows, you know about uh, the the Monty Python gang with Life of Brian. And how George Harrison came in and, and saved the movie by setting up a film company called Handmade Films, uh, which then went on to make Time Bandits and uh, a private function and, and all different kinds of stuff and, and Life of Brian, of course. Um, second or third movie Handmade Films made was The Long Good Friday, and it is brutal. It is a brutal British gangster movie, but it is Bob Hoskins at the height of his powers. He's brilliant in it. And the third one is one they made together, which is called Mona Lisa, 
from 1986, which I think is what he got nominated for Best Actor for. Um, I recommend somebody out there rent all three of those. There, you cannot go wrong if you like gangster movies, but if you like British gangster films, you can't go wrong with those. But Hoskins was um, working class guy. I don't think he ever was formally trained as an actor, and um, just kind of happened into it. Um, he told a great story. Did you ever see? He was on Letterman quite a few times, but he, I remember him on Letterman after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And Letterman asked him, you know, what the what his kids thought about the movie, or whatever. And he said he remembered being at the premiere, and I think it was his daughter, his daughter, I don't know if she was like four, five, six, whatever at the time, kind of giving him the cold shoulder after the the screening. And D- Dave said, why? And he said, Bob Hoskins said, well, you know, she didn't quite know what the movie was that I was making, but after she'd seen it, she was pretty miffed at me. And Letterman's like, why? And he said, well, she figured that. You know, any dad who made a movie that co-starred Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse and Daffy Duck and all these characters and didn't bring, you know, their kid to the set to meet these these guys was an asshole. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was so great. The kid, that's the kid's take on it. We're like, how come he didn't, how come he didn't bring me to the set, the set to meet these guys? What a dick. Uh, so, yeah, so he was, he was, he was one of a kind. He was, um. And he did a great American accent, one of the best American accents of a, a British person, I think, that they've pulled off. So, yeah. uh, and he, I forget how, what did he, did he have Parkinson's, I think, right? I think that's what I remember reading, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was, I just loved him. So um, <clears throat> he, they'll both be missed very, very much. Um, what else you got? What else is going on? We got a, we got more. Oh, gee whiz. Well, you know, for me, uh Toy-wise, you know, that we had the second wave of the DC Collectibles animated Batman animated series figures announced. That was pretty exciting with uh, Man Bat and Joker. It was uh, nice. Now, are those, are those averaging about 25 bucks a pop? Uh, th- that's what I'm hearing, yeah, like uh, some the pre-orders and stuff yeah. from Entertainment Earth, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah they're six-inch multiposable figures. But, uh, you know... I think it'll be easier to stomach once we see them at Comic-Con, because as I understand it, they're going to come with some pretty cool stuff. It's going to be hard. Listen, I, I, do I love the price point? No, but it's going to be hard to say no to those things. They're beautiful, and they're one of those things that I've wanted for, you know, 20 years now. Like, want those that I've always loved that. Like, people love the, the what, is it, what is it called? The JL, JLU, basically? Or, or, yeah. yeah. So, you know that... Five points of articulation, the same body they used over and over a thousand right, times yes. at Mattel. I couldn't stomach that. Like, I could do a few of those characters, but it's like after a while I go, it's just, I'm not, it's the same thing over and over and over again. But people love that stuff. But now it's like you're able to take that design and really do some articulation with it, which I love. It's going to be hard to not get every one of those characters. Well, especially with the care they're going back to, you know, they're looking at the actual model sheets, yeah. not like the style guide stuff. Yeah, totally. You know, we got a, there was a lot of sort of shortcuts and weird things that Kenner Hasbro did with those back in the day, you yeah. know, to, for action features and, and stuff like that and weird poses. These are, I mean, this is the line we have, even if you collected that old line, this is the line you were waiting for. Well, do you remember, um, I mean, do you remember the first images of that first wave of Batman animated series figures 
Oh, yeah, that's what got me started collecting again and after remember, my two-year hiatus. Because I remember seeing those going. It was the, I mean, I'm sure we'd seen three-dimensional representations of, of a two-dimensional show or thing before, but it just, they struck me. They really, you know, punched me in the gut. Like, wow, those are, they're, they're, I didn't think it was possible to make action figures off a cartoon like that or an animated yeah. series like that. Um, so, th- I mean, those are still, that's probably still like the best, the best wave they ever did was that first yeah. wave of, of figures. Um, so I'm looking forward to those. I'm very, very excited about those. Speaking of such things, are you a fan of, or have you been, you know, the, the, the Marvel Titan series of figures? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like five points of articulation, 12 inch. Yeah. Figures. Are you a fan of those at all? Just the aesthetic at all? Or like when you see those? Uh, I mean, I don't own any of them, but I know for kids and stuff, they're selling like gangbusters. For for you know, they're doing it for Star Wars, they're doing it for Transformers, they're doing it for Marvel, and and they just you know they're going through them like crazy. Well, they've been doing um, Target has been doing these these different Spider-Man sets. Yeah, where it's like Spider-Man with you know a, 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 a gun or spider-man with the thing that shoots or a backpack that shoots a thing and then there's the one that comes with the little copter have you seen that one uh, i don't know that i've seen that they one. remind me of the remco stuff from when oh yeah you remember that stuff sure like the energized spider-man and cat i have the energized captain america in, in a box somewhere <laughs> i have them. Nice. um that was a cool because you spun the shield that's all it did the shield like spun around and glowed in the dark but um, I something about those I find really aesthetically pleasing, and they're like ten bucks. I mean, it's five, it's five points of articulation, but there's something about them that I I, I really enjoy. Uh, I think they're they're fun. I'd love to see more characters done with those things. Yeah, friend, just maybe it was Jeremy or someone just got the the rocket rocket raccoon just came out. Oh, cool! In that scale, yeah. Okay, so they're doing them for for those guys too. Yeah, a couple of them, yeah. Okay, cool. And I just, uh, literally, we're recording this on a Sunday, and uh, the Amazon drone today dropped off my uh, six-inch Guardians of the Galaxy Hasbro Marvel Legends figure. Wait, 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 so wait. The drone did? Yeah, yeah. Really? No, not really. Oh, man, yeah. I thought that was really happening. Is that really happening? Uh, at some point, they're talking about it. But yeah, I, I think they they have a deal with... Uh, FedEx, where they drop stuff up on Sundays, which is crazy to me. I'm going to, if that happens, I'm going to jump on the drone and let it take me. That's a good idea. They recommend that. See where that goes. Um, yeah. That's cool. Uh, and, and then uh, the other thing that I, you, you and I haven't even had a chance to discuss, mm. uh, coming up also in the next week, is Mego Meat. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you're if you're paying attention to some of the customs and the stuff people are putting together for that, oh, yeah. but... I'm very sad. I have not bought a ticket to Wheeling, West Virginia. Well, you know, I got, I want that I want that Aquaman shark. I got that. Uh, yeah, the Aquaman shark is going to go. I got the very cool um, limited. You know, the custom last year, yep. Snyder Man, yep. which is I just love that. It's so random and obscure and ridiculous. Um, the set they're doing this year. Is, I don't know if you know about this. The Lone Ranger set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very limited. They're doing it as a, as a set and then as individual figures, too. Um, oh, that's another thing I, I, I got. Uh, I was avoiding this. Nothing against Batman 66, personally. It's just never really been a huge thing for me. Um, I know lots of people love that stuff. I was like, 
There's loads of stuff coming out. Um, maybe I'll pick something up, but probably not. So I didn't even pick up any of the six-inch figures. Okay. Uh, and then so you've got you know the Hot Toy stuff, and you've got the 18-inch figure, and then you've got the six-inch figures and the Batmobile and all that shit. And then Figures Toy Company, they announced their stuff. And again, oh, yeah. I still wasn't going to get anything. And then I saw that accessory set. Oh, yeah. And then I went, oh, man. Now that's super cool. Like, I wish we'd get more of that stuff. So if you if you don't know about this, they they just kind of put it up on their site. Yeah. Just randomly. And it's a 25-piece accessory set. Yeah. <laughs> which is interesting to me because uh, in talking with, People in the industry, I don't want to name names to get anyone in trouble, but uh, the word on the street was the 66 Batman deal was only for the TV show. It was not for the film. And there was a lot of hubbub about that. So, And I'd heard that last year before Comic-Con. So when Hot Toys showed off their 66 uh, 12-inch figures and they had a bomb and Bat Shark repellent... Mm -hmm. That was a little surprising to me. Okay. And then when I got it, the 66 Batman Hot Toys, the Bat Shark repellent packaged is flipped around, so it just kind of looks like a thermos. You can't see the words on it. And the bomb no longer has the fuse on it, so it's just kind of a black ball. So it's... Nutty to me how people are kind of trying to get around it, and you know, is Warner Brothers paying attention, hmm. or are they not, to exactly how hmm. the license works? I don't, yeah. I don't know, and I, I don't. I'm certainly not as immersed. I don't even know half of what you said, what that meant. But <laughs> um, I just, as an idea, this accessory set I think is the coolest damn thing. It's yeah. like the Bat Phone, the Shakespeare bust. You know, the different batarangs, the repellent, the shields, the different, all the shit that I would want. Because, you know, when I first saw those, I'm like, well, God, they don't even come with a batarang or like something to give them the, you know, something. I love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I gave in and I, I picked up the figures toy company, uh, Batman and Robin figures. Okay. Uh, I think they're great. I think they're. Where'd you get them from? I got them from. I think. Big Bad Toy Store, I think. Okay. Because uh, you can order them individually. Yeah. Um, I got them, and I think they're just great. Uh, really, really nicely done. Just fun. I, I, I would stop there. Again, I'm not going to get the Joker, the Riddler, all those guys. Uh, no Egghead? No, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to get the two of them, and then I'll get the accessory set because that's that's fun to me. Um, all right. Because the thing is, like, if I give in. I will then want to get all the characters. And right. I just, it's not, it's not, it's not and because I'm not interested or I don't think that they're nice. It's just, as Dirty You Harry, hate Adam West and he still owes you money. As Dirty Harry once said, a man's got to know his limitations. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, there's those. Um, what else is going on? There's, there's some other shit that we need to get to before we wrap this up. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I mean, one of one of the big things that we didn't get a chance to talk to in our time off was uh, the Batmobile and Batsuit reveal for the Ben Affleck Batman Superman movie. Yes. That was kind of big news 
throughout the throughout the world. What is the general sort of consensus out there about this? Uh, I think a l- it was kind of again, it's the internet, so it's kind of split down the middle of that bat looks too big, it's ridiculous, right? And and the other people that loved and and read the the Dark Knight Frank Miller book and went, oh my gosh, we're finally getting to see that costume on film. Yes, it definitely looks like that to me. That that definitely looks like where where they're going with this. And I know people looked at that picture and went, well, it's all just one color, but they made it a point to say it is a monochrome photo. Right. So I I don't uh, think since the last episode either, I don't think we've talked about the the title reveal. Have we? No, we haven't. That's right. Because that came out a couple of days after. Which is the title is now Batman V Superman colon Dawn of Justice hyphen testicle colon. Dawn of Justice, which is, you know, if you want to break it down, uh, diagram it in English, it is franchise versus franchise, Dawn of a New Franchise. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. I, um, you know, I'll see it. I'm going to be there when it, when it comes out. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm being cautious, just like I was with Man of Steel, where it was like everything was, was lining up pretty well, and I was digging these choices. Uh, Michael, what's his name? Is all that stuff? Um, and then those trailers kept coming out, and I was like, "It's just not doing it. It's just not." I think I know where they're going with this. Um, something could still blow me away with this, but I'm just not that keen, as we've talked about. There's some again. I, I don't even have anything against that. It's like Ben Affleck, fine, you know, do it, don't do it. There are other people I wish would have done it, but um, you know, if you if you do it right and you get a good script and whatever, then you know that's fine. Uh, it's just there's a couple of things just uh, of note that I'm sure. And again, this film is two years away. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot that can happen. But uh, I think people were surprised in the announcement of the title. A lot of people considered it to sort of be Man of Steel two. So for them, Batman to get top billing, uh, uh, I think it was a little strange for some folks. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I think. Those same folks, if they're who we're thinking or we're talking about, they're as aware as the rest of us that DC is way behind. They really need to catch up to Marvel. And that, that, that to me, if anything screams, we don't know what we're doing and we're, we're following your lead, it's everything that they're doing with this movie, every choice, the title, everything is saying we have been pissing away our time, <laughs> wasting our time on shit. Animated shit, they do better than just about anybody. They do great, great stuff. Um, Movie-wise, they're like, chop, frickin' chop. We gotta get to it. We don't have time to build a Superman universe for four movies and then get to Batman again. Well, and also Batman is their top-selling character. There's just, there's no doubt about that. Batman Batman outsells Superman. And let's be honest, you know, whatever we think of Man of Steel, it, 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 it made a couple of bucks. Yeah, totally. You know, and so they're like, add that to the Batman mix. Uh, but they want they want an Avengers. I mean, they want they've wanted that for a while, I think. Yeah. So they're just like chop, chop. Let's go. Let's let's get to it. You know, I don't know. I, you know, I know a lot of people were hoping if you were going to finally get Batman and Superman on screen together, you would want the, you know, the little subtitle to be world's finest. But, uh, you know, I'm I don't know. I. 
again, it will be interesting if we're seeing stuff this early, two years early. Like, what are they going to show us at Comic-Con? What are they going to show us next year? I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the reveal sort of schedule is going to be like on this because, you know, it's people are going bananas for it. They want to see everything. And again, I don't have... Um I don't have a problem with the whole – I mean, I think we before the title was announced, all of us knew where this was going. This sure. Was, they, well, they've said that, yeah. Yeah, and but, but I mean just the cast, the character lineup, it's like, well, clearly they're doing this thing. But I think it's a lame title. I just think it's a – it just – I know what you're saying, telling everybody justice is what, – what does that mean? It means this is coming, this is happening. I just – dawn of justice. I just – I mean it's just – isn't justice like an everyday thing? Why is it just happening one morning? <laughs> just it, it, it's already they're already meeting out justice. Let's go, you know. Dawn of the League. <laughs> it's a different story. Right. Dawn of Justice. Come on, what is it? Sunset of Vengeance. <laughs> I I don't like the title. But um, so not, uh, other big news, just shifting gears quickly, because I, I know we're running out of time. But uh, the Ant-Man news. Yeah, it's weird. Of Edgar Wright leaving. And then yesterday, I don't know if you saw, uh, they announced that. Uh, oh, what's the guy's name from Anchorman? Adam the director McKay. of Anchorman. Adam McKay was in. And then by the end of the day, he was already out. But if that doesn't again. tell you where they're going with this, <laughs> if Edgar Wright didn't sort of give you an idea to begin with. Yeah, the fact that Adam McKay was next in line, it's like okay, so you're and Paul Rudd and everything else, you're definitely going for a, a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of vibe, you know. For the, I just don't understand what there's a billion theories going around about like Marvel doesn't care about the artistic aesthetic. I, you know, I the other thing is I, I got to tell you, I'm so I'm kind of so over the freaking internet. I am so over the entitled bullshit from everybody about. You know, even the negativity about the Marvel stuff. We 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 are spoiled. We are spoiled for stuff. If you don't like this, try this. You don't like that, try this one over here. It's like the fact that people are bagging on Marvel movies now. Like we we've waited our lifetimes to have technology catch up to the imaginations of these stories to finally get this stuff, and now that it's gotten to a nice rhythm. People are complaining that the Marvel stuff is too homogenous. Or it's yeah, too- you kids today. But it's seriously, it's like, shut, I know. shut up. You know, like, they gave Kenneth Branagh, they made this one feel different than this one. And this one's going to be, di- Captain America, Winter Soldier, is, is just as good as the first Captain America, if not better. And to me, it's a completely different movie. A completely yeah. different vibe. I do not understand where this this negativity comes from. So everyone starts to go, well, Marvel doesn't care about the artistic bullshit and, you know, Edgar Wright. Guy was involved with the movie since 2006. I mean, Shaun of the Dead wasn't even like a major international hit when they announced his name for Ant-Man. He's been talking about it for almost a decade. Clearly, there were some disagreements and he wanted to go a certain way and they just thought, no, we want to do this. We uh, must be a misunderstanding. But it's not like they they sought him out because of his body of work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they wanted to work oh, yeah. with Edgar Wright because they wanted this to look like an Edgar Wright Marvel film, not right. because they want everything to look like a fucking Marvel film. I don't understand why people 
are saying that because it's like they, they seem to have kind of gotten out of the way. Yeah, they're controlling the entire thing, and so be it. They should. They've done a great job with it. Um, but if they're going to hire someone like, you know, David Lynch or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody asked me the other day about, did you ever see this movie 500 Days of Summer? Yeah, yeah. Which is the guy that the Spider-Man. Mark Webb. Webb. Well, yeah. you know, someone saw that and said, I think he can handle a relationship between a boy and a girl. Let's get him for Spider-Man. And they got him for Spider-Man. But nobody saw that and thought, he can handle a $200 million action film. You know what I'm saying? And so at a certain right. point, not that he did, not that that wasn't a decent movie and he did something wrong with it, but at a certain point, it's kind of like Mark Webb could have been any one of, you know, 10 guys to have maybe done that job. I'm not saying just anybody could have done it. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. But if you look at the Marvel stuff, like they've clearly been James Gunn regarding to the get, what's the biggest thing James Gunn has ever done? Supers? Supers? Or the one, he, you know, probably the biggest thing with those, uh, remember those shorts? Like the, the, the terrible porn shorts? Oh, yeah, yeah. That might be the thing that people saw them. I mean, I don't even think anybody saw Slither, for God's sake. <laughs> You're giving him a, a $150 million movie because you want it to feel like this guy's thing. I'm ranting, but it's like I'm so over the whole, like, you know. I, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't even like J.J. Abrams. But is excited to see what this guy's going to do with Star Wars. Yeah, you know, like shut up. You know, we're 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 spoiled, absolutely spoiled for this shit. And I'll take anybody on in the back alley if they want to. Wow, they wanna, this took a turn. They want to fight me. Speaking of um, geek stuff, yeah. uh, um, QMX is doing a twelve-inch figure of Mal Reynolds from Firefly. Yeah, yeah, looks pretty good. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful figure. Uh, They're trying to do kind of that Hot Toys, you know, really high-end 12-inch, one-sixth scale figure. It looks dynamite. Great likeness. For those of you that are fans of mine, I know there's a lot of you out there, uh, and Biff Bank Pow, um, we've got some cool stuff happening, which I can't tell you on air yet. Go ahead, tell it. But it's going to be very exciting, very cool. I'm excited, and I think when we make the announcements, we'll be excited as well. Um, I also picked something up that you'll appreciate. Sometimes I just buy a toy because I like the look of it. I don't have to know the show or care about the video game or whatever. If it's a cool figure or a cool toy, I will sometimes pick it up. That's ridiculous. So Portal, Portal, right? Isn't that a game? Yeah, yeah, Portal. The video game, yes. uh, Robot figures that are out. Yes. One is called Peabody, uh-huh. and the other is called Mr. Bojangles. No, what's the other one called? I can't remember the other one's I name. I don't know his name. But they have a light-up portal gun. little gun lights up, and the robot itself lights up. His eye lights up. I think they're just funky, really cool designs. Now, are these the NECA ones you the got, NECA. or did you get those high-end die No, no, the NECA ones. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I picked up Peabody, and I might pick up... Uh, Bojangles uh, at some point. Well, the other, the tall one, is uh, voiced by Stephen Merchant. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know they had voices. Yeah. I didn't know that. They're, um, but they're really cool looking. Just a, just fun, just nice, intricate detail and just a really funky design. Um, and NECA really seemed to pull them off. So 
Yeah, there's another company like Metacom or something that did like diecast. Well, okay. Also, Holy NECA, cat. uh Planet of the Apes, the new Apes figures. Yeah, those are fun. Those are out. Yeah, I, I picked up Caesar, but I haven't got the other yes. two yet. And I picked up the Godzilla. I found him. Godzilla's him. very cool, very nice figure. Although, again, I wish he, I wish he made a noise. Uh, they're making one with the noise. That's going to be bigger. That's coming. Oh man, next, I don't, next I don't month. need his. Bi- How much bigger? I think he's twenty-four. Head to tail. Who's got room for that? Do you want him to make a sound? I, make a noise? Yes, but he could. And that's the figure for he you. Could be a keychain, and he could make a noise. Um, I think the, did you see that? Did you see that company that's making the life-size Tweaky? Yes, I did. I did. Isn't that amazing? It, it, it is amazing. But my first complaint, as a toy guy and a geek and whatever else, is he should say like eight things. Right. He should have a voice chip and a big speaker in his chest. And where's Doctor Theopolis? He's coming. He's on the website, but he's he's sold separately. Tweaky's eyes should light up, and he should he should talk. Speaking of, I picked, doesn't he light up? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I thought he did. I picked up a couple of things uh, real quick that um, lifelong, uh, you know, lusting. Do you remember way back we did? Remember I told you about? In fact, last episode I said I'm going to talk about this thing. Maybe someone out there will point me in the right direction because a year ago, whatever, I found this Captain Kremen Bendy, the Kenny Everett British Bendy figure, the 12 inch figure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So at the same time that I saw him at Hamley's, the toy store in London, that very same yep. trip, my first trip, standing right next to him, was the, by the same manufacturer, a 12-inch bendy of Gil Gerard Buck Rogers, in a silver spacesuit, the ugliest thing you've ever seen, and he had his arms wrapped around a little smaller bendy of Tweaky. Yeah, you've told that story. I think we posted a picture of yes. it. Yes. And well, I, I did an article on. Um, oh, that's right, it was. Yeah, yeah. Your insight on AFI. Yeah, well, yeah. Brian, our our mutual friend Brian Heiler turned me on to some place in England that had a loose set, and I am now the proud owner of that Buck Rogers and Tweaky that I passed up when I was 11 years old. Wow. In London, I found them. Uh, ugliest things you've ever seen. Uh, I have those, and the other thing I found was a. Um, Back when we were kids, years ago, before um, electricity, uh, one of the big things were utility belts. Oh, yes. Like Remco, you know, constantly doing uh, utility belts and stuff. Yep. Uh, One of the rarest I've ever sort of heard of, but I remember seeing it as a kid and never getting it. Uh, HG Toys. No, I got the wrong company. I forget the toy company, but like an HG Toys type thing. Made one for Shogun Warriors. So Shogun yes. Warriors utility belts with a little gun and a walkie-talkie and the axe that Dragoon threw and a sword from Great Mazinga, all in this yep. big box uh, utility belt. I found one uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, sp- splurged uh, early birthday present for myself. Still in the box? Still in the box. Nice. Yeah, pristine, like never been taken out of the box. Okay. Um, and so I, I, those two lifelong lustings uh, have, have, have come to my home. I, I remember, uh, you know, as a kid when I got the great Mazinga and, you know, all the pictures had those swords. And I was like, mine didn't come with swords. I was so angry. I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And I think I had it a year before I went, hey, those little pointy things on his hips, those look like the, 
Oh, and pulled well. out. Yeah, and there's the sword. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I just for like a year, I felt just ripped off. <laughs> like, oh, come on. That's funny. Yeah, well, sometimes yeah. they don't. Sometimes life doesn't come with instructions. So uh, does the utility belt have like a thing that fires like a little yellow uh, plane out of your belly button too? No, no, if only. But you know what it has? It's funny because the little gun and the little walkie-talkie are direct lifts from like a Batman utility belt from like you know a few years before. Okay. Like, a little, like the gun is like black and orange, whereas the Batman one was like blue and yellow. And yeah. the same thing with the walkie-talkie, with just like a, a Shogun Warrior sticker on the front. That's uh, funny. But it's a funky thing, because it's like, you wouldn't put Shogun Warriors together with the utility belt. Right, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. have thought they would have. But then again, Remco did one for the Hulk, for God's sake. Remember the Hulk one? Yes. It had like a voice changer, stuff like that, and yeah. weird shit. So, um, yeah, those are a couple of cool little little things that I got. But there you go. That's, that's, that's what, hour and 20 minutes worth of... Words of excitement there? That is. That's right. You know? I mean, I, I need to... I don't know about you, but I need a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, let's wait till we're off. Again. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for that. Okay. But uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time, uh, Daniel. And thank you for listening, everybody that's listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll do it again real soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we appreciate it. And, and I've been, uh, you know, in the even though we haven't had an episode, I've been trying to keep everyone sort of up to date and posting news and stuff on the Facebook page. So I've been trying to be much, much better about uh, sort of getting stuff up that I, I think we would all be interested in discussing. So uh, head on over to the Facebook page if you want to check out some of the discussion and, and chat with us about the latest news and stuff that we may just cover in an upcoming episode. Yes, and we love, as always, we love your feedback, love your comments. Keep it coming. And uh, keep watching the skies. Stay in school. And don't do drugs. Or, you know, don't pay for drugs anyway. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That that goes out again to my 15-year-old nephew, Max. (laughs) God bless you, James. (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.